0: Thank you for joining us on
1: Love That Voiceover,
0: where we explore the people and projects behind the microphone in depth.
1: I am the Love that
0: Rebecca. Hey, now it's Dave Fenoy. Keep listening to Love That Voiceover. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to Love That Voiceover. This is. Rebecca Michaels Haw and I have a lovely guest excited to announce for you today that I have the fabulous, the best, the most wonderful MJ Lalo. Hey MJ. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. So Hey, how's it um, going,
1: Rebecca?
0: I, hey. Good, good, good. Glad you're here and you made it through okay. What people don't know is when I do a live show like this that I'm waiting uh-huh. hoping that the guest calls in. <laughs>
1: Oh no! I, I actually I, I was running a little late today, so I hope you don't mind. I'm I'm do uh I'm doing the show nude. Is that okay? I just didn't have time to dress. I always do the show nude.
0: Thank God somebody else joins yeah. me. <laughs> That's wonderful. I'm so glad you're warm enough to be nude. Actually, it's kind of cold here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually
1: 55 outside, but uh, no, just just kidding.
0: Well, indoors, we can make it hot and
1: nude. (laughs) There you go. I love it. Yeah. Well, just um, everybody.
0: Um, I just wanted to give people a little bit of a background, remind them, you know, what we really like is learning new things about people, and, and and people know about MJ a little bit, so I'm hoping that you're going to be able to give us some new information that you haven't shared with anybody else before.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, some of the yeah, some of the people I've been sleeping with in town, and sure, not a problem. <laughs> oh my God, this is going to be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I know. Brad Pitt was in the other day. Yeah, he's all right. Not so hot. He's got to get his hair cut. It looks terrible. <laughs> oh, the stories we could share! But that'll yeah. be after the show. Well, you know what I thought I'd, I'd, I'd love to, to actually talk about. It. I think it's like you say. A lot of people know me, I guess, and are um, they? They've been tuned into other, you know, things that I've uh, I've given over the years. And I think what yeah. um what, what's interesting to me that a lot of people don't know is that I started way way back um well let me uh, actually uh, I'll go back even a little further my father was a musician and he uh, taught in the public schools as well as played all kinds of gigs he played with Henry Mancini uh he climbed in New wow. York he was a great bass player and um guitar player and um Ooh. He was also, and he taught in the high school. So, um, what I decided when I was very young, I you know, hearing like about fourteen, fifteen, and my parents said, "Well, what do you want to do besides play clarinet and oboe and violin?" <laughs> the minute I can, I always say, the minute I could lift my chin up, as a baby, my dad put a violin under it, and um, so one of the earliest things I did with my voice is I really didn't like the violin that much. It just, you know, and so I'd be in there trying to do twinkle, twinkle little stars, you know, that's what they start you on. And finally, yeah. I learned how to do it with my voice. So I go... Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> so my dad would think I was actually practicing the violin.
0: <laughs> and... uh <laughs>
1: What happened was well, I finally got him to say, I said, Yeah, let me play the clarinet because then I could be in the marching band, you know, when I get to junior high. Yay. And, um, uh, yeah. So I switched to clarinet. And then later he had me on oboe because he said, You could actually get a scholarship on oboe because nobody plays oboe. Um, uh, and, um, you know, so anyway, my, my point with this is that, uh, my, you know, being with my father and a teacher and music and all that, I uh, I really got that sense of what it's like to be a teacher. And... Um, and I said, I, pardon me?
0: Oh, sorry. Oh. We had a little fallout for a second. You're here. Oh. You're here. Go
1: ahead. Oh, okay.
0: Sorry, we had um,
1: a... Yeah, sometimes, yeah, it's a little, maybe I should take my headphones out and put something else on this phone, but it's a little little spotty. You're fine, you're great. I'm fine. Okay, so um, anyway, I said, I want to be a poet, and my parents were like, oh my God, God." (laughs) we'll be taking care of her the rest (laughs) of her life. But I mix poetry and music, and... uh, uh, started, you know, sending my stuff out to the different uh, places that you could get your poetry published. I actually got published in the Yale Review, the Harvard Review, the Women's Anthology of Poetry, and uh, approached the Colorado Council on Arts and Humanities, which was a lot of guts because I was about nineteen twenty at the time, and, uh, and said, hey, you know, I, loved it. I saw that, uh, this thing in the newspaper in Denver, and I said, uh oh, can I speak to Dr. Judith Ray? And I said, oh, yeah, hold on. And they gave me right to her, and I was she was heading up the Colorado Council on Arts and Humanities, and we talked, and I said, you know, I want to I show kids how to, you know, because I play a little guitar music, I want to show them how to put their music with poetry and perform it. I want to take poetry off the page. And she was like, I want to you. I wanna talk to you. And I went down with, you know, the credentials I had, places I'd been uh, um you know, picked up with in journals and stuff, and she said, you're hired. And so that's just part of my, my story in my life, that when I went for something, I was so fortunate to just get it, you know, instead of, ah, they'll never be a uh, well, ah that's crazy. <laughs> well, that's wonderful, and I bet your parents were so thrilled. Kind of and kind of not, because they still didn't think I was going to be able to to make a living, you know, at it. But um, oh, uh, by that okay, time I was okay. out of the house, so that was pretty cool. I was out of the house, and I uh, I then got a gig with the Washington State Arts Commission, uh, so they would fly me into Washington to teach these kids how to put their their poetry together, and uh, and and perform it. Um, so that whole time in my life in my in my twenties was just you know actually just teaching and doing poetry and music. Uh, so. Yeah, so I, I I thought it was kind of interesting when I moved to L.A. Uh, in '98, yeah. and this was after I kept, you know, I was had did, was doing music like uh, crazy and had a music production company in San Francisco. I moved out of Denver, uh, and then yeah. got in. It what? got into voiceover. Wait a-
0: Wait a minute. Let me interrupt. I'm so sorry, but you said you had a music company in San Francisco, and this was
1: probably in the '90s or the '80s. This was, uh, yeah. This was. I, I opened my company in 1983 in uh, San Francisco, uh, and uh, bought I'm a typewriter and uh, said, and bought a typewriter and made a little logo that said MJ Productions. And <laughs> the first people I composed music for was the Nuclear Film Forum. God,
0: that's fantastic. No, I lived in um and I went to college in the Bay Area. So oh. I knew I was familiar with your name and I bet that's why. Just because I was real familiar with all the production companies. I was in production at the time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. Small, wonderful. Yeah. Small I mean, world. The other thing but. That, that, that
1: was yeah, really is uh, so you were in what production company? companies?
0: Let me try to remember. P <laughs> as in Paul. P as in Paul. D
1: as in dog. R as in Rebecca. PDR Productions. Ah, all right. So you were doing the, you were doing everything in production. You weren't just doing one angle of it. You were setting up the the whole production schedule and. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and um, you know, generally we used a music library, but I was probably but I was doing other things outside of that job, and I didn't work in that job because I didn't like doing all that production grunt work. So I didn't mm-hmm. like doing it for a long time, but I got into voiceover there. I did some professional work there, and uh, mm-hmm. it wasn't something I thought would be a career for me either. But it's a small world, isn't it? This is a show about you, so wow. Time but no, this that's is fantastic. really cool.
1: Yeah, I knew and, I
0: knew you from somewhere and I'm sure it's from there. Well you, so, you know I had a group
1: to... called uh I had an all girls band called Lalo and Jazz to go. So I was kinda of going by Lalo up there because even though my company was MJ Productions, just because I don't know. I kinda of moved to the Lalo thing in in uh in college. I just like, you know, I don't even want to say my name, but I, I really did not enjoy Judy. <laughs> and my my name is Mary Judith Lalo please don't tease me about it but I just said being from an Italian family when you said hey Mary 15 women it'd say hey what do you want huh I mean it was like everybody was named Mary or Maria and uh, I was named after my mother's favorite nun she went to Catholic school and uh I met Sister Mary Judith uh I met her at a funeral for my grandfather. It was really fun because she was dead drunk. I just loved her.
0: Oh, God.
1: <laughs> That's hysterical. A dead That's who you
0: were named uh, after. <laughs> uh, well, you know, there's I so are you a, a a drunkard as well? No, I'm just I'm
1: kidding. Because of the similar I was, name. I was a Catholic. <laughs> I I was a Catholic, so <laughs> I was. Past cancer. That's funny.
0: Funny. Well, bring us to present, Mary
1: Judith. <laughs> ah, all right. <laughs> well, with- I, let me just say another thing. I got a really nice gig with NASA doing their soundtracks, and Ooh. again, this is see, this is before I'm in voiceover. I mean, I'm a singer and a jazz composer, and I'm singing okay. my own stuff and all this, and. um... So I go in, and we're looking at this wild sort of nebulae, crazy-looking thing, and it's moving. And they're going, okay, let's get that synthesizer. you yeah, know, played synthesizer. Let's get that synthesizer out. And I said, uh, and I, you know, on synthesizers at that time, and they, you're moving the knobs to get different sawtooth or this and that sort of thing to make uh, something oh, match a picture, you're okay. so changing the way that, you know, the sound goes. Finally, I said, you know what, give me a right. mic. And they're like, what? Yeah. Give me a mic. And the engineer goes, oh, okay. And that's the first time I just uh-huh. looked at this thing, and I was just like, <laughs> and I matched the pictures, it's like ADR for, <laughs> ADR for uh, you know, outer space. But uh, oh. they were like, oh, my oh. God. And I said, now put a little echo on it and do this and do that. And so I kind of got a reputation for being able to match pictures with my voice, you know, and as a jazz singer, that didn't bother me at all. I mean, I was already doing that was something that I could I could easily do, and um, so that's just a little bit more background that I don't think that that people know. And I performed a lot with my uh, with a it was called the SPX ninety and some other uh, digital things that came out that really could break your voice into octaves and fifths. And uh, I did a whole album of that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was very sort of new agey crazy. Uh, And I remember going (laughs) to the guitar center and saying, uh, yeah, I want a foot pedal that, you know, really echoes. So when I go, it goes, you know, and all that stuff. And they were like, uh, you know, they couldn't believe it. They're like, you mean for your guitar? I said, no, for my mouth. (laughs) For my mouth, So that's how that's it all so started. And then I was singing on a film, um, at Play in the Fields of the Lord, at, at Coppola's studio. And um, again, this they said, well, this is an indigenous language because that film is, you know, Kathy Bates, John Lithgow, Daryl Hannah. It's a really wonderful film where we've gone in as missionaries at Play in the Fields of the Lord. I think it came out in 92 oh. or three. And I had started to get into voiceover, but um, when I went to the audition for that, because it was us going into South America very, you know, in their early history, we gave them our diseases. I mean, it's a very tragic film because the missionaries that went down there ended up giving them, they they couldn't control, uh, you, you know, they just had no way to control medically what we were giving them. And um, yeah. so I remember going into the gal at the couple studio, and she says, All right, she's just an indigenous language. I said, Okay. She said, Here's how you sing. And I go, All right, because a lot of people just weren't getting it. But she said, Hunket, so good. Hi, so much. And I said, Uh huh, okay. Hunket, so I Oh my God, you're hired. When I walked out of that, wait a minute, that had to be 91 when we were 90. I walked out of that session. And a gal uh, that was singing with this this, this group of people said, a uh, oh boy they you That's fun. And I said, "Oh my god, that's a great voice." And she said, "I'm doing voiceover, and here's what changed my life." I said, "Who are you doing it with?" And uh, she said, um, "Samantha Paris, who was known as Bobby Block down here, and in, in L.A." She said, uh, and I said, "Give me your number. I'm gonna go see her." And I went and saw her, and boom, I just got I got hooked.
0: Oh my god. That's yes. so cool. The whole thing. That is wonderful. Everybody, applause yeah. <laughs> I had an applause track I could play right now. I love that story. That's really cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for giving yeah. us a little tidbit about past. Yeah. Um how fun. Well, I just want to bring people to present and I'm gonna run off a couple of uh titles here and, and subjects that um categories you've worked in so I can Make sure everybody does know who you are, MJ, okay? Um, sure. MJ is... Uh, Not the IRS. Home-led... The
1: IRS isn't on the phone, is it? You don't have the IRS. They never,
0: they never listen. I can't pay them to listen, except if I pay my taxes, <laughs> they leave me alone. <laughs> just
1: kidding. Yeah.
0: Um, MJ uh, has done a ton of things, as you can imagine. She is a video director, a voiceover artist, excuse me, a voiceover director, She's in casting. She's done casting for projects. She's a producer and composer. As you already know, she's illustrated for you with 24 years experience. I got this off your webpage, so um, we're going off of what was there. Um, Basically, she does animation, commercials, narration, and she also teaches. She's been doing both teaching and working in entertainment since 1990 and she just gave us a wonderful introduction as to how she came about doing all of that it's so lovely to hear how people end up in this industry mm-hmm. it's really yeah. all
1: different path well you know it's uh, this is what i tell my students when they come at the introduction class i'll say you know this is this is what happened, and I would have never even said when I finally moved out of San Francisco and came down here in '98. I said I never would have guessed I would have had my own studio. I would I did some, do some teaching up in Santa Rosa. I was head of the actually the voice department up there for a few years, but I said I never thought I'd have that and do this and then be actually directing and produce, and doing all the things I'm doing. So I said once you open the door, and you keep going toward the challenges. It's amazing what can happen. You know, I try and inspire my, my students to think think the besides just this is just about this and this class and maybe something will happen for me and start thinking you're just opening a creative door and now that you've opened it, anything can happen.
0: Yeah, and um, I think that that's fascinating. I want to rattle off a couple of um, uh, actual credits. That you have done. I have you down as doing e entertainment narrating with the Jamie Munroy story. Um, yeah. Digi- Digit Digit cartoon. You played Coromon on I the played, Fox. Uh,
1: yeah. That yeah, Fox. T- Network. Uh huh. That was Saban. It you- was what it was called back then, and and you know, it, it was a great experience because what I realized is that. I'm not crazy about ADR. It felt like it really kind of kept me from acting because I'm just looking at somebody's mouth. And, I mean, I have ADR people come in. I've turned that over to Mark Handler. I'm having uh, Stephanie Shay come in and teach that uh, in the guest uh, casting director class this, this quarter because, I'm not uh, you know it's good to do things and then say, Well, you know, I'm not so interested in a d r which is which is what that that is. I like the freedom of just, man, I just want to blow this character out with the copy and the script, not by watching its mouth move.
0: What has been your favorite character to portray then? Gosh, uh, now, <laughs> uh, way
1: back when I really liked this little character, middle the Frog, that was one of my first gigs, and um he was kind of a, a singing wild frog uh, with, when games came out. I mean, what happened with voiceover in the '90s is, uh, and I always said, "Challenge voices." They say, "What happened? How did voiceover get to you know? When the, did the explosion start?" And they'll go, "Oh, <laughs> oh you know," and I go, "No, no, no. Here's when it started. When the CD-ROM came out and they started teaching kids with it." And he had the learning company up in Hayward, California, right across the bay with Ned Lott, who then ended up at Disney. And Ned and I have been – I worked for Ned back in 93. I did uh, did Val out, and I kind of wanted a Whoopi Goldberg kind of thing. And um, so it's interesting how – like Ned was just here the other day because he teaches – he brings his students here. He rents my studios to teach. uh, He does privates here. And uh, so it's very interesting that we're still connected after after all these years from, you know, the journey that, that we've been on. But um, yeah. anyway, so Minlow, I, I I remember when I went in to, to, to work on Minlow, the frog, was uh, uh Redwood Hill. It was Redwood, uh, blah, blah, blah. let's see, it's a long time ago in terms of when the, my, my first gigs. So. Yeah, what was it about?
0: The frog, or one of your favorite, or any of your favorite characters, is there? Is there something that gives you great joy in doing the character, or what was it that's making that character familiar or I, favorite I, for you? I think
1: it's like, I kind of identifying with a little bit, you know. The frog's kind of he's, he's a little wacky, and uh, uh, you know. And then I also asked him. I said, "Would you like to hear the frog scat?" <laughs> they are like, "Yeah, yeah." So. <clears throat> you know, a that's character that's got some uh, where you can play with it or bend it or move it a little bit. I think uh, the last thing I did uh, in this feature, am a Zombie, was he's a little boy pirate. And uh, again, he's a little, you know, he was a little wacky. And I liked doing that, little didn't beat it, that dice scent. And, um, <laughs> and just, uh, yeah, they're sort of mischievous, you know, little guys. Yes.
0: Do you and have that? I that in your in your in your personality, you nude lady you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and then I just did uh, the twenty six episodes of uh, that I cast, directed, and produced here at, at my studio um, for Clay Kids, which is clay animation, which I love. That is so incredible looking, and the movements this company gets out of these characters is amazing. But uh, it's, I really like so this guy named.
0: Pardon? I would think that it's um, difficult for the animators because you're talking about claymation. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Somehow they
1: did it. Like some, they've got some skateboarding scenes where these guys are flying through the air and skateboards, and there's all kind of effects with, you know, is it <clears throat> hitting the Samantha? Suddenly there's like this big flame that comes out, and you go, I haven't asked them how they do it yet, but uh, you know it's. <laughs> It's really pretty amazing stuff. I know there's. I don't know if they still have it up on the on the web. They had a, a, a kind of a trailer of it, but the little guy on that, his name is Albert, and Albert is uh, kind of reminds me of a different part of myself. When I was very young, I found out that I I couldn't read very well, so they they just put me in a slow readers group because they said this this poor Lalo kid. She's just she can't she can't, she can't, she can't say C spot run, you know. So then what they found out was that I was uh, farsighted. So I couldn't really see the blackboards in the, because they were near to me. And uh, oh, so well. they gave me a pair of glasses. So I had to wear these glasses. And they were kind of, you know, it made me look big. dirty. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Kind of yeah.
1: big glasses. And then my stepmother um, had, um, she had dyed, She had decided that she wanted, because I had very straight black hair, which made me kind of look very Indian. Uh, okay. Very dark, complexed Italian And she didn't like that So she said, I'm going to give you a permanent And I thought, okay uh, So she let uh-oh. it stay on too long So it frizzed and burnt Yeah I'm <laughs> <cool. laughs> it oh, around no. With with these glasses I sort of look like Carrot Top I, mean, <laughs> I was <laughs> sad so as much. hell But uh-huh. what, what happened is from When I looked at Albert I said, here's this little kid and he's got his hair parted, yep. you know, cut it down the middle. He's got giant, giant black round glasses, little tiny beady eyes. And like when people uh-huh. talk to him, they'll ask him, up and say, uh, excuse me, to uh, so what are you referring? Are you talking about the uh-huh. same sort of structure of the moon when it faces? I mean, I just, I just totally uh-huh. vibe into him. And, um, oh, that's so cute. Well, listen, you know
0: what? I, you will not believe this, but we only have... Six minutes left. As
1: oh, my it's God, counting I down. rattled on
0: way too long. Okay. It was wonderful learning about these stories. You have wonderful storytelling talent, obviously. That's why you're successful. I have a quick question to ask you before we um, are going to get to the close of this show because you're going to be back with us uh, next week, too. But I want to ask you a question. Who do you most admire? This is going to shift gears a little bit, okay? For the closing of the show, what do you most admire in the industry that is not another voiceover talent? And what about that person? There's somebody? Boy, uh, you
1: know, I kind of like. Um, I, I I guess I love. I, I really. You say it's not in the industry at all. I was going to say Steven Spielberg, but if you're saying not in the no, no, industry no. at all.
0: No, no, no! You misunderstood. It's in the industry, in within, but not a VO talent. So maybe it's an agent, maybe it's a producer, maybe it's a director, maybe it's an engineer. I don't know. Somebody in uh-huh. the industry, yes, but not a talent, not an actor. Uh huh.
1: Well, I mean, I think that that uh, people at the broken ground is is uh, Nancy Cartwright. I think she's a fabulous talent, and uh, I met her when uh-huh. I first got here. And she was one of the first people. Her Andre Romano, I think, is another wait. fabulous director, producer.
0: Wait, 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 wait! I, I, I'm interrupting. <laughs> I mean, a non-actor. Oh, well, Andre in, Romano, non-actor.
1: Yeah, and Andre Romano t- did uh, the, the director uh casting person for uh, Warner Brothers for 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 many many years and met her in San Francisco she come up and teach there and I just uh, I just thought she was just a, a, an amazing person a very gracious person very open I just did a class with her gosh she came and did just a a, a, a pro direct class it was a year ago in January with uh Actors Network and uh, it was great to just reconnect with her and, and 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 see what she's you know, see what she's up to now. She still works at, at Warner Brothers. I don't know some you know, she's done a million, a million, a million shows, but uh just a very gracious personality.
0: Oh, okay, okay. And consistent and and successful as well, it sounds like.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, all these years. I mean that's the thing. How long can you hang in? <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's why I was I was curious because um, when you said Romano, I was thinking R- R- Ray Ray Romano. <laughs> so yeah. her name is And Andrea Romano. Is yeah. that who you mentioned?
1: Yeah, I couldn't right. hear you very well. Oh, okay. Yeah, really I know we're having a little cool. bit of like a little sometimes a little blast out here on my headphones, but um,
0: there's a little delay on the live shows, unfortunately. So I appreciate your patience mm-hmm. through that. Um, we only have about three minutes left. Um, well,
1: you know, one thing that I'd like to say then in these three minutes is the book that uh, Jean Ann Wright wrote the text of the book, and I did the 12 track CD in the back called Voiceover for Animation by Focal Press. You can get it on Amazon. And that is 12 tracks for showing you how to develop characters, how to do your demos, how to even do a singing demo in characters. Uh, and it's not me preaching, it's me in the booth with, with, with people saying, hey, let's try this, let's try that, do this. Um so it's you know, since we didn't get a chance to talk a lot about that, and I'm assuming that people have seen me put that stuff out there before anyway, that's a great book for uh for people that if they really want to get into character work.
0: Can you give us the title one more
1: time? Yeah. Voiceover for animation by Gene Ken okay. Wright and MJ Lalo. uh and there's a twelve track C D in the back and that's what I did. Gene Boy, she wrote 300 pages. Amazing.
0: Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's it's not so easy writing a book. I'm sure. I I have a hard time writing a twit, a Twitter, Twitter thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, when
1: Jean came to me and said, "Will you help me write this or contribute a chapter?" I said, "No, I hate to write. I hate to spell. But I'll do an audio." <laughs> and the same thing happened with James Alberger when he asked me to start contributing to his, you know, voice acting uh, books. And I did the, what was it the, the second, third and fourth edition I contributed audio tracks. I said, James, I, I I don't wanna I don't wanna write. I, I hated it. And I, but I do an audio right. and he said, Oh my God, let's do audio. So that um But much more much more creative
0: and free feeling than on the paper, even though we use the paper to read from. <laughs> Listen, I'm right. gonna I'm gonna close the show because we're just about out of time, MJ. Okay. I want Well you- thank you
1: so much. It's been fun talking to you. You, too. It's been
0: wonderful listening to your stories. How can people get in touch with you?
1: Uh, M, it's like an M like mountain, a J like joy, Lalo L-A-L-L-O. So that's three L's in the last, in the last L-A-L-L-O, at Creating Voices, C-R-E-A-T-I-N-G-V-O-I-C-E-S, com. That's my site. Or if you want need something simple, mjlalo at mac, M-A-C dot com.
0: Okay. Beautiful. Yeah, We're going to have you right back. Uh, and so, everybody, stay tuned for more about MJ. Thank you for listening. And uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up for right now. And uh, I'll talk to you very, very soon, MJ. Thank you so right. much. Thank you
1: for listening. Prego, prego.